You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. going on everybody welcome into episode 58 to the show we go we have ed hand and myself andrew parker back as usual uh it is the zach bryant episode and if you don't know who zach bryant is he's been in the red sox system for a few years came over in trade back in 2019 uh, i'm sure and i'm actually going to ask zach about that a little bit on into the show but uh he's been in the system now for a few seasons i guess uh i guess 2021 to now so um, it's a guy though, that we want to get to know more of, cause obviously, you know, it didn't, coming off an injury, didn't get to see him last year, but, uh, I will ask you about coming back this year, but Zach, we, uh, we appreciate you joining. And, uh, I just wanted to see, I know you're down at the complex. I know you're still coming, you're still, um, rehabbing coming back from an injury, but how are things going now as we are just a few weeks away from spring training for you? Things are going well, man. Uh, I've been working up in my throwing and the throwing progression coming back from TJ. I'm out to 120 feet, so I won't be quite ready to go uh, for spring training, but I will start like my mound progression around that time. I should be starting that in March. Um, so hopefully getting in some games and some live ABs, uh, hopefully by like May. That would be the goal. So I'm excited for spring training, man. I'm excited to see a lot of the guys that I haven't seen in over a year. Um, yeah, man, I'm ready to rock. Is that, uh, so you can't, Oh, no, no, you go ahead. I, uh, I'll oh, okay. okay. I was just going to say, um, so you were traded to the Red Sox back in, uh, in 2021, but, um, you were, you were drafted by the Cubs, right? Yeah. In 2019 drafted by the Cubs and then traded to the Sox in 21. Could you just take me through the day that you got drafted? Was it something that you were expecting to happen? And um, what did what, what was your family's reaction as well as yours? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I knew I was going to get drafted. Um, it was more of a question of whether it's going to be, like, late day two or day three. Um, but when it, obviously when it didn't happen day two, I knew it was going to happen day three, and I was hoping for obviously earlier in the day. Uh, and actually, I mean, my family was stoked, of course, Um but that day I was actually home alone because um, they took off to watch the draft and be there on day two. So they couldn't take two, do- two days off in a row. So I was stuck at the house alone uh, when it happened. But as soon as it happened, you know, I had all my family calling me on the phone and everyone blowing me up. And then not long after, uh, I had some buddies show up to the house because uh, it was actually on my birthday, too. So they were coming down for my birthday also. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a birthday present. Yeah, right. So then uh, they showed up and, you know, we, we hung out, had a good time, celebrated a little bit. And then uh, not long after my parents got home and they were, they were stoked. Mom had some tears of joy. You know, it was a proud moment. What, um, so getting traded when, especially when you're um, that, I, I, so that low in the minors. So obviously like, you know, you were still in a ball at the time of being traded. Um, what, what was that like for you? Like, what, did you even see anything coming like, or was it one of those, like just totally caught you off guard? It definitely caught me way off guard. Um, and it happened too, because we didn't have a season in 2020. Uh, so 2021, right before spring training, you know, like the teams are making some cuts 
you know what I mean? So, I mean, I hadn't been in the facility in, in a long time, and it's not like I was a top five rounder, you know what I mean? So it's – I would imagine my I, – I don't know. I was worried that my name was somewhere on the chopping block, you know what I mean? So then sure enough, about a month before spring training, I get a call saying uh, – I get a, it was an unrecognized number. It was an unknown number, so I declined it thinking it was a telemarker. And then there. so-and-so from the Cubs, like, give me a call when you get a chance. And I said, oh, oh, boy, here we go. So I go ahead and I call him back. And um, and he goes, yo, Zach, so this probably isn't what you expected to hear uh, on your on your Sunday. But um, and I'm like, I'm preparing myself for it. He's like, but you were actually just traded. I was like, oh, did it close out? No, no, you're good. Keep going. My bad. We lost our guy, Ed, for a second. It's all good. Yeah, we lost me for a second. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, so I got a call, and he's like, yes, this probably isn't what you expected to hear on your Sunday, but you were just traded, so it was immediate relief. And then I was like, once I, like, gathered myself for a sec, he was like, uh, I was like, where to? And he's like, the Boston Red Sox. And then after that, I was super excited because I grew up a Red Sox fan. Um, So, yeah, I was super stoked to get traded to the Red Sox. Caught me way off guard. Like I said, I was more worried about – I was seeing guys that I knew with the Cubs getting released. Um, so when I got a call not long after that, you know, the heart sank a little bit. But I, I was definitely relieved to find out that I was traded, not released, and definitely very stoked that I was traded to the Red Sox. So you're, you're from Daytona Beach. How did you become a Red Sox fan? So it's a weird story. Um, so when I was young and I was, like, getting into baseball uh, – I mean, I, I'd played years before, but, like, actually getting into watching, like, the MLB and whatnot. Um, right, right. MVP 04. The oh, yeah. Video. Oh, with Matty Ramirez on the cover. Uh-huh. And then uh, just always chose the Red Sox, always played as the Red Sox because they were the best team in the game, obviously. And um, so then, you know, when, when I start watching baseball with my dad, I'd want to watch the Red Sox. I'd want to I'd watch those same guys that I was playing with on the game. And then uh, just took it and ran with it. Like, I think like that year, my parents started getting me, you know, Red Sox stuff for Christmas. And then it just ended up being a Red Sox fan after that. And it was die hard every year. I was watching them, tracking them all year. So I mean, it was kind of probably a different, definitely a very different story <laughs> than most people. Um, but yeah, that's how I became to be a Red Sox fan. Did you grow up playing baseball or were you like a multi-sport guy and then you ended up where you were best at baseball and that's what you ended up uh, going, going with? Uh, I definitely mostly played baseball. I think I played like one season, one or two seasons of basketball. I remember playing one season of like flag football and that's really about it. Other than that, it was just baseball. Uh, I mean, that was because, yeah, I was, that was the thing I was best at. Wasn't any good at basketball. I was decent at football but still a lot better at baseball. So, I mean, of course I had more fun doing what I was better at. So we just stuck with baseball from there on out. Uh, you got to experience uh, spring training in two different states. Now with the Cubs, they're in Arizona and the Red Sox are in uh, Florida. Obviously you might be a little more biased to Florida being from Florida. I get that. But what was the, what was the biggest difference for you? Um with spring trainings, like one being in Arizona, one in Florida, like what is like the big differences between the two? Um, well, like you said, I'm definitely biased because here I can have my car and it's just a, you know, half a day trip to get down here. Um, but as far as like the big differences between the two, so spring training in Florida, the travel's kind of crazy. 
because uh, there's definitely longer trips in Arizona. Everything's within like an hour, hour and a half, all the different facilities. So the travel is definitely much better out there. Um, and then the weather, I would say like that time of year, it's pretty chilly in the morning. And then by the time, you know, the, the sun comes up and everything, it's like that dry heat. I don't know where you are. You guys up in Boston? Yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah. You, you, you I lived in Arizona there. though. Yeah. So the dry yep, heat. Lived in Tempe. Yep. It's something, dude. It's it's way different than the Florida heat, and I'll take Florida heat every day of the week. It's just yeah, that's the thing. People say, oh, it's a dry heat. It's not that bad. 120 degrees is still 120 degrees. I don't care how dry it is. Like, I, in Florida, I'm okay with a little sweating. You know, you're going to sweat. It's automatic. You go to Arizona, you might not sweat, but, like, dude, your eyes are drying out. Like, your nose, your throat, every, your mouth is drying out. It, I'm not a fan of all that. Did you ever have that experience where you leave your house for five minutes and you come back inside and you have like a headache and you're just feeling disgusting and you don't realize that you've dehydrated just by being out there for a few minutes? Yeah, I've definitely had that. Especially first thing in the morning, man, you you go out to like take the dog out or something, wherever you have to go outside for and you like didn't really drink water or anything. Yeah, you'll definitely notice it. You'll definitely notice it right away. I, I grew up in the Midwest, so uh, I it, it's I'll take anything over that because you growing up, you know, in the Missouri area, it's like when you step outside some days, it feels like you're getting hit by a wet blanket just because the air is so wet. So uh, I would honestly welcome dry. I, I know I've never lived there, but um, but yeah. All right. So weather aside, I know uh, we're, we're not big we don't really talk about weather too much on here, but uh, just because it rained every single day in Worcester this past year, there was a rain out almost every day. It was ridiculous. Um, but I want to, want to go towards, you know, the baseball side of things for you. Now you obviously missed this past year um, doing starting a rehab down at the complex. What has your day to days, I guess, even shooting back to, during the regular season this past year, what, what was your day to day looking like? And I guess, uh, what kind of like, uh, where were you at? Like in regards to like by month three, six, like what milestones did you hit throughout the season that you were pretty proud of hitting? Um, so, I mean, I had a, I had surgery April 18th. So for six weeks after that, I was in the brace and there really wasn't much I could do, uh, in the brace besides like, so early on, I wasn't even allowed to sweat put the stitches in. So it basically I wasn't allowed to do anything. It was walk inside, you know, get whatever, whatever needed to be tended to with my arm, get that done. Um, take a shower. Cause I had someone there to like wrap up my arm and everything. So it wouldn't get wet. And then, uh, and then take it back to the hotel. Um, then yeah, after six weeks, that was for two weeks while the stitches were in. And then I had the brace on for six weeks. Once the brace came off, that's when I could start like some light mobility stuff. And I think it was like month two or three when I started like actually lifting. So then that added another little layer to my day. I'd come in, do my rehab, do like a, a it was like a really light lift at the time. Um, and then that was about it. And then I forget what month or what week mark we started the plyos. Um, but it started off as like kind of more like shoulder strengthening stuff with a lot of shoulder strengthening stuff, a lot of that. So hopefully the shoulders bulletproof after this. Um, but yes, yeah, so I started mixing in a lot of that stuff, a lot of plyos, one-handed stuff, like kind of like drops, like the weighted ball drops and whatnot, building up the, uh, the decelerators. Um, and then it was pretty much just that until 
we started like actually like throwing plyos. Uh, and then when we started that, even then it was pretty much the same routine. I'd come in, do rehab, do some activation, go do my throwing, whatever that was. It was, it started off, it was like 10 throws. It was like nothing. Um, do my throws, go in, do more rehab, then go to the weight room and do whatever my lift was. Uh, and then I think in just in October, I think October was when I started like actually throwing a baseball. Um, so I've been throwing for a couple months now and that's pretty much been the routine. Um, uh, from then until now. So I, I did want to follow up on that and you had mentioned, I think off air that you're rooming with Taylor Broadway, a guy who also just had Tommy John surgery not too long ago. Um, and we had him on uh, this, this podcast, want to say a month or two ago. And it was, he was fresh off of the Tommy John. It was probably, we probably had him on like three weeks after he had it. Um, mm. And he, he mentioned some things that I guess people might not really think about, including myself is that, the toll that he knew was going to take on his mental health once the season got there, like rolled around that he's like, I can't be out on the field up in Portland, Worcester, wherever he was going to be. He's like, I just can't do that. And it's going to set in at some point. Um, so shout out to the Red Sox for putting him with a guy like you that already has been through that and that you might be able to, which I don't know if you have or have not, but just like kind of shown him some, some tips, like maybe just some, things to just like not, you know, get as down as what, you know, he was kind of describing is like, you know, it's probably going to be like pretty hard to like be sidelined like that. So uh, my question to you is, did it ever, so obviously having the surgery in April and then you didn't, you weren't able to pitch obviously the entire year. Um, did it ever s set in at all? Like was, was your, like the mental side of things? Was it, was it tough on you at all for that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I found myself in a little bit of a hole. Um, still when the brace was on, I think. But uh, the way I described it, because like, I went home for a day uh, when I was going through it a little bit. And like the way I explained it to my parents was for the longest time, I mean, training, throwing, lifting, running, all that stuff was like my identity. You know, wake up. That's what I'm worried about for the day. until I go to sleep. You know what I mean? It's consumed my life since I was five years old. Um, then you take all that away from me. It's like, now who am I? What do I do? I, I don't know what to do. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, looking back on it, that's how I, I see it now. You know what I mean? But in the moment, it, I just, I didn't really realize it. And I was definitely in a little bit of hope from it. Uh, and I noticed once I was allowed to lift and once I was uh, able to do more things, that's when I slowly kind of came out of that hole. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, it's definitely a little bit of a struggle and it's something, it's one of those things where it's like, you don't really realize that you're down about it until like, until you're out of it, you know what I mean? And it yeah. was definitely too, like watching some of the games here, like it kind of sucks. Cause it's like, I won't be in, it'll be a year before I'm in a game, you know? Was there anything that helped you cope with it? Any anything that you started doing that wasn't necessarily lifting or running things that you um, like, did you read? Did you watch movies? What were, what, what were you doing with yourself during that time? I did a lot of fishing, believe it or not. That was something that I used to do a lot when I was uh, probably in high school. It was when I went on my little fishing heyday. And um, 
I mean, playing in college and stuff, I didn't really have time for it. So it's kind of like a, a lost hobby of mine. Um, but yeah, so I brought a pole down with me. And then once I was cleared to fish, which I think was like after, after eight weeks, eight or nine weeks is when I was allowed to fish. You know, I was going four or five times a week. I'd get out of baseball. I'd, I started going to school again. So I'd do some homework and then off to fish, off to fish until, you know, nine o'clock. And then I'd go home, sleep, wake up, do it again. You know, that's how I entertain myself until I eventually got bored of fishing again. Um, <laughs> and I was back to lifting and back to running and whatnot, you know? Yeah. What were you studying in school? Like what classes? Uh, right now I'm in business management. So oh, are you at Jacksonville still? No. So they don't do online school. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, like I think they offer online classes, but you still have to be like a student, like on campus. Um, they don't do like the remote classes or whatnot but fortunately my dad works at embry riddle it's in daytona um so i was able to um i do want to i had a, another baseball question to follow up with you before the injury you had a little taste of red Sox minor leagues you got the pitch in greenville and in portland uh before you got hurt um so coming over from the trade it was post COVID. obviously you didn't pitch in 2020 um so coming over you get your your taste in greenville and in portland what are some takeaways you have from i guess just getting the feet wet a little bit and being able to to pitch in in the red sox organizations like anything from like you know how how it differ, differentiated from the cub system or just anything that comes to mind uh world class the the red sox are a world-class organization um, like the, the Cubs, I mean, they treated us well. I, I don't have any bad things to say, but the Red Sox definitely do it better. Um, and, you know, both affiliates that I was at, we got taken care of very well. Uh, facilities were great. You know, the fans were great. The crowds were great. You can tell, like, Red Sox fans show up to even the minor league games. Um, but every, everything about them was awesome, you know. Uh, Great experiences in both. Greenville is amazing. Beautiful place. I don't know if you've ever been. Oh, yeah. Highly recommend it. Greenville's amazing. Um, I know you guys are up in the Northeast. You've been, I'm sure you've been to Portland. Yeah. Portland, yeah. Very nice city. Uh, but yeah, no, great, great, uh, great organization there, man. They, they really took care of us. Uh, so going back to your season with Greenville, um, I'm just going to – I'm not going to just throw the numbers out there or anything. You had a really good season there. Um, you, you were striking out uh, – what, what do we have here? 12.1 uh, batters per nine innings. Just, just a ton of strikeouts. You were the Red Sox – you were also the Red Sox minor league pitcher of the month for July. That's not like uh, just like a website or something like that. It was actually the for the organization. Um, I was just wondering what that season was like for you because, you, you know, your numbers were good uh, prior to that too, but it wasn't as uh, substantial and you were just, it just seems like you were a strikeout machine that year. So what, what were you doing that year in, uh, in, in high A in 2021? What so was the there like? I had my eyes opened a lot because in the beginning of that season, I struggled. I struggled big time. It was like a command thing. Um, so I was walking a lot of guys and then, you know, if you can't throw multiple pitches for strikes, then you get predictable. You can only throw a fastball for a strike. So if it looks like a strike, it's a fastball. Hitters are all over it. So if you walk, 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 then I get predictable, and then they're all over me. Um, 
But then eventually I had enough of sucking, basically. <laughs> With the help of some teammates and then the pitching coach there in Greenville, uh, Bob Kipper, they, they really helped my mentality that I needed, like who I needed to be on the mound. Um, and the way Kip described it was being a prick <laughs> on the mound. And for me, it was just being mad, like being pissed off on the mound because then it, it, it would lock me in. And I was like ready to, you know what I mean? Amped up, ready to go, like just locked in on it. Um, where I would say I've, it was one of those things where it's like looking back on it, some of the best outings I've ever had in my life. I had, I, w- I was in that zone. Um, but I'd never, for some reason, put two and two together that I need to get myself, like I pitch my best when I'm in that zone. Let's get myself there every day. You know what I mean? Like no, that's, thought- that's really, that's really interesting. Um, I've, cause I know this at least for tennis, like the best, the best tennis players are total psychopaths. Like, cause you have to, it's you versus everybody else. And I've always wondered if that's kind of similar with pitchers, like with that, um, be a, be a prick mentality. Do you, do you find that that's the case that you have to kind of, that you're just kind of thinking like, well, screw everybody else. I'm going to, I'm going to blow you away. Well, it's definitely different for everybody. Like I'm sure there's some guys that, you know, want to be calm and want to be composed up there. And then that's when they're their best, you know? Uh, but for me, I've definitely noticed a major difference of when I'm, when I'm up there confident, I'm better than you. I'm going to beat you. Like, screw you for even getting in the box like having that mentality like helped me tenfold and it was it was 2021 where i really learned that and then that's where like if you're looking at the numbers you can see like where things kind of started to shift and where i started actually into a really good year was when i kind of came to that realization is that a hard mentality to get into for you because you you seem like a very like it's like a very nice well-spoken guy like is that is that tough to be just to switch that on it, well, okay. So in 2022, it kind of had trouble getting into that zone. Um, but in 21, once I found it, it took some practice. But I was, I mean, dude, it was like flipping a switch. As soon as I heard my name in the bullpen, I would get like two or three throws to get my arm loose. And I get down. And as soon as the catcher got down, dude, I was locked in, ready to go. It was like flipping a switch. And I was a prick. <laughs> It was, it was easy in 21, and then 2022, I kind of had trouble getting there, and I think it was because my arm was barking, you know what I mean? So, like, if you're going out there, yeah. you know, a hurt wing, you're not going to be the most confident guy. Um, but, yeah, so that's where I was at. And 2021, dude, it, it was easy, actually, to flip a switch. You know, you know what's weird about this is because I was actually going to ask you this question, but you, you're you leading me right into it because me and Ed have joked about, and, you know, we uh, – I joked a little bit with AJ Politi this past year as because he's he's a very like calm and a very like quiet, like uh, doesn't it's not not a loud guy. Um, soft spoken. He's soft spoken. Yeah, very soft spoken. But then he's he's got that weird switch and it's like he can flip it. So so like almost like as good as anybody else I've seen in minor league ball that can just like go out there and be confident as hell and go out in the ninth inning and close any game that he needs to. So I was just looking at your numbers and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it seems like you've always been a reliever. You've never really started going back to your college days. Um, I, is that accurate? Yeah. So we, I had one start and yeah, that's what I was seeing. Just one. Yeah. Um, see the numbers on it. 
I didn't see the exact. Uh, it was at Daytona or last year, correct? It's a, <laughs> there, there's a I didn't see the numbers. Bullpen. It was not good. Okay, so out of the bullpen, that, that mentality. I was always able to. If it's like a hey, get going. I'm way better than having a whole week to think about it. You're just like just that's really interesting. He's. I'm literally like he, you're describing though, like a guy that's like. I feel like you're like just destined to be a closer with that like mindset because like i feel like we even had uh jonathan brand on from the system and you know he's he he kind of felt that i, I kind of g- I gathered that the same thing from him it's like he was closing games in greenville or salem i think this past year and he was he was saying the same things and i'm like you did get some saves in 2021 in greenville but um is that something you'd be like open to doing like maybe once you work your way back and then you start to settle into a role again it's like i can close games and i know it a hundred percent. That's what I was my, my entire career, uh, high school and college at both Daytona state and Jacksonville. I was a closer. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like that position or that role has suited me best. Cause especially coming in in like high leverage situations, how can you not be amped up? How, like, you know what I mean? And me being amped up makes me locked in. So it's like, I've always thrived best in that situation. Um, so, I mean, yeah, definitely. I would love to still be – I'd love to be a closer my entire career, 100%. All right, Ed. I uh, I have a couple more uh, baseball-related questions if you had something that you wanted to, to get into. Um, I, I do have a non-baseball-related question for you. Um, and if you don't want to answer it, that's totally okay. But um, on your Twitter page, the uh, the first uh, thing it just says "R.I.P. Uh, Chester Leon Bryant." And I was just wondering who that uh, who that was. That was my grandpa. That was my grandpa. I was very close with him, and uh, he unfortunately passed away uh, just before my senior year. And yeah, that's that's who that was, and it's it's somebody that I've always like kind of. He, he got me into baseball. He had a huge role in definitely where I'm at today. Yeah, was he? So he was a big uh, he was a big baseball fan. Uh, I mean, he was just a sports fan. He loved all sports, um, but the the connection him and I had was definitely built around baseball. So I am. Uh, so I was chatting with you a little bit off air. So we had just got done speaking with uh brian abraham and I, I am curious like on some some things from a guy especially like you that was at the complex this past year there was a lot of turnover in the red Sox organization whether it was i mean just alone in worcester i, I knew there was like three guys that had turned over and um they've brought in a ton of guys for like justin willard with pitching uh they brought in uh body from driveline uh kyle body i think that's his name uh, Bodie, I'm, I'm not sure, but they brought, you know, the founder of driveline came in as advisor that obviously Craig Breslow, former relief pitcher himself, um, and Andrew Bailey, of course, and uh, as the pitching coach. So what, what have you thought as being a pitcher in the system? What are your thoughts on them adding a ton of guys with a lot of experience in the pitching world? Uh, truthfully, I, I like the direction we're going, especially with um, a lot of the driveline guys getting added. Because in 2020, I actually went to Seattle to train and drive on. Um, and the guy who was like my specific trainer, like the guy that I worked with every day, Devin Rose, he works for us now. So he's oh. here. So that's pretty cool. 
And then, uh, I mean, just for obviously going out there to spend all that money to go to driveline. I'm a big believer in driveline. And it, I mean, it helped me a ton. Um, so I'm a big believer in it. So I love seeing us kind of go in that direction. And I think it's definitely a shift towards uh, kind of like the new era of baseball. Not to say that um, what we had before was not that at all. But, you know, it we're just adapting, I feel like, you know. Getting new like some- and then, you know what I mean? The, things are going to resonate with different people, you know what I mean? So it's always good to get some new ideas flowing. Yeah, it, it is interesting to hear from uh, guys like yourself that actually are pitchers in the system with – um, with now a guy that's running the show that he was literally an MLB journeyman, like bullpen arm. So like, but you know, he was a very successful one too, though. I, I don't mean that like in a negative way, like a journeyman, but you know, he did play at quite a few places, but um, it is interesting to hear from guys that are coming up through the system that, you know, their philosophy is kind of changing a little bit as compared to what it used to be. And like you said, it's not like it used to be this horrible thing, but um, it's adapting or dying. I feel like in, in baseball now. And, um, I know that, uh, the guy that they just added came over from premier pitching in the, uh, the Woo Sox bullpen coach, Noah Junis. And he's a very like analytically driven coach. That's going to help out the guys in Worcester this next year. So I know it's a very different from what they had in place before. Um, so I have one more baseball related question before, I dive in. I need to name this, Ed. I like my random like one offs. I need to name that. I got to find out what I'm going to name that. But I do have some random questions for you at the end. But um, you t- you preluded to this early in the episode that uh, you're targeting May that you want to. Um, all right, I'm just going to let you talk. because I don't want to put words in your mouth. But 2024, you look at it. You're not cleared yet. Um, I know you said you were doing some throwing some uh, some distance. I think you were throwing a distance right now, um, but obviously not cleared for game action, anything like that right now. But what does your ideal 2024 look like in regards to your comeback? So ideally, no setbacks. I come back uh, by the date that I'm supposed to be cleared for games, which would be April 18th. No, May 18th. Come back by May 18th out of Fort Myers by June, because uh, obviously I start down here. Um, off to Salem, a, a week or two in Salem, week or two in Greenville, back up to Portland. Hopefully, not take long to prove myself there. End up in Worcester, and if I'm if I'm rolling, who knows? You know, I would say that if I could if I could write the script personally for how my 2024 goes, that that's what I would write. Got to shoot for the stars, man. It's not like you don't uh don't aim too low, right? Exactly. Uh, okay, that's good, Ed. Any final baseball-related questions before I go to some yeah. some random ones? Yeah, I do have one other question, and it's not you. You don't have to go into like excruciating detail. I'm just sort of curious. How long were you trying to pitch through um, an injury in 2022? Like, and what what happened to make you realize, okay, this is this might be this might be something. Like, I have to get this taken care of. Uh, so it. So throughout a season, man, I'm sure you guys know this, but pitch, like you're going to have arm pain. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen. And um, when it first started for me, it, I mean, it, it probably started a month or two. I mean, pro- yeah, probably closer to two months before they finally shut me down. Um, 
but it started off as just something like a little pesky, like my elbow didn't feel right, you know. Um, but I tried to pitch through it, just kept dealing with it, and it just progressively got worse over time. It got to the point where I'd wake up and my elbow, my arm would just be locked. Like I wouldn't be able to bend it, you know what I mean? So I'd like have to like, yeah. I'd have to like force it straight or like force it bent. And for for whatever, wow. I like just dealt with it. Because by the time that was when I'd wake up, so by the time I'd get to the field and start throwing, by that point, like me moving it around is like greased it up enough to where it's like, okay, I guess I'm good to throw. Then I'd throw and it feel decent, and then you know I'd pop some some paint off and and put enough of a red hot on it, like icy hot, to where the thing's numb, and I'd you know let her rip. And then I'd be, out there and I'd be throwing just as hard as you know I have all year, so I'd be like, okay, I guess I'm fine. I just got to continue to pitch through it. Um, but then eventually it got to the point where, so like my second to last outing was in Hartford and, uh, 96, like it was brutal all week. My arm was, um, so finally my name's called to pitch. I go in, I'm 96, 98. So I'm like, I guess I'm fine. I guess I'm good. Like I'm tripping about nothing. Um, but then the next day locked, uh, luckily I didn't have to pitch again that week because my arm was, my arm was totaled at that point. Um, but still didn't want to say anything because I, you know, had faith that it would get better for some reason. And then, uh, well, you can't make the club in the tub, you know, that's the, that's the expression that I would always hear. Like you gotta, you gotta pitch through it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So then, so we go back to Portland. It was like a couple days later, I pitch again and, uh, I go out there and I'm like 90, 93. So mm. one or two batters in, um, call time pitching coach comes out and he's like, dude, are you okay? He's like mad at me. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you going to throw any fastballs? I'm like, those are all fastballs. <laughs> and he's like, then he like got, he was like mad at first. And he like got real serious. He's like, Dude, oh my God. Fine. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, I'm sure. And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. He's like, okay. He goes in, I finish the ending. I go into the dugout, head coach, pitching coach are both waiting for me. And they're like, uh, really, dude, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. I'm good. And they're like, no, you were throwing 90, 93. Like something's wrong. You need to tell us. I was like, I mean, my elbow's been sore a little bit, like, but I'm good. And they're like, go talk to the trainers. So we talked to the trainers, shut it down, um, rest a couple weeks, try to throw, didn't feel better. Rest a couple weeks, try to throw, didn't feel better. And then uh, finally, at that point, it was just send me down to Fort Myers so I can get some imaging done and hopefully get some answers. Um, and then at that point, it was, I think it was a partial tear at that point, but they hoped that giving it like a, a normal off season rest or resting from that. So that was in sometime in August resting from then until when I would normally start throwing uh, to get ready for spring training would, uh, would help it. And I'd be good after that. I wasn't. So I came back down. Um, so I came back down here early to try to get it better and try to get like, you know, with some professional trainers, see what we could do. Finally, they got it good enough to where I could pitch in a game, pitch in one spring training game. Felt fine during the game. Next day, man, back to how it was in season, just lost. So then, uh, again, me being me, I didn't say anything <laughs> until the day before I was supposed to pitch again. And I told them, I was like, listen, I don't know if I'll be able to pitch tomorrow. I think I need another day. And they were like, why? And I told them, I was like, my elbow's not feeling great. So they're like, okay, let's go talk to the trainers. Got me another MRI, and uh, at that point, the tear was just worse. So, like, all right, let's go ahead and uh, start reaching out to some surgeons and see who wants to do it. Hasn't that? It, 
I, I, I'm sure that you're looking back at it and it's like, why didn't I do something about it sooner? But I also totally, it's like, you just try to keep pushing it off and maybe it'll get better on its own. Do, do you look back at how, do you look back at how like you handled that? And it's kind of like, I would have done it differently here. Or did you, do you feel like you needed to do it that way? Um, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, Right. So, I mean, looking back on it, I, I definitely don't blame myself for how I handled it. Um, I should have been able to tell the difference between like, because I mean, every pitcher's had it to where it's like your arm's a little tender, you know, it, it could be hurt for a month, but then it goes away and you start to feel fine, you know, um, there's never anything serious. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, it, it, blame it's myself. interesting. Yeah. I, I definitely don't blame myself for how I handled it. Um, so I probably wouldn't, I'd, like if it happened again next year, I'd probably treat it the same way, honestly. <laughs> and it's, cause it's, in the moment, you're just like, no, it'll get better. Then I'd go yeah. out just as hard. So it's like, okay, I guess I'm fine. And then it'd be a little sore. It's like, okay, I'll just get treatment. I'll just put some more red, red hot on it. I'll right, get, right. Rub some dirt on it. No, I'm, I'm asking because I'm the exact same way. So I totally, I totally understand it. It's, um, when you hear about people needing to get um, elbow surgery, Sometimes it's something like um, what you described where it's kind of this lingering process, but then other times people are like, oh, I heard this pop and I, I kind of knew. And it's, it's just kind of interesting to me the, um, the difference between those two. Yeah. And some guys it happens over time. Some guys, some guys it's just one pitch. They feel it yeah. pop, thumbs up, you know? It's a flashback to Zach Kelly this past year. It's like he knew right away. It was like one pitch, boom. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Tommy John, but he did need the ulnar. Uh, what was it? The relocation surgery the, on his. Nerve. Yeah, the nerve came out. He had one of those braces yeah. put in uh, like years before, and it came out, and they had to reattach it. And he ended up being able to come back in September, but it was it was a process getting there, and. You just, I, I would imagine, especially for someone like you, who that that's your livelihood. Like that, that's got to be a real stressful experience. It had its moments, that's for sure. But uh, you know, we're in a better spot now, and super optimistic about everything coming back. You know, I'm in a great spot, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just excited to get the ball rolling and see what happens this year. You know. Oh, I bet. I bet you must be you must be chomping at the bit for May to just come back to just come in May June just start firing it. Firing at batters again. It's it's going to be a good one for sure. I'll be the best best version of myself, hundred percent this year. I'm excited. I love that outlook. And uh, all right, so won't talk about the injury anymore. I know that you're ready to to be past it, but I got some I got some uh, some random here. Um, I am going to think of a name eventually. We'll probably get that in the future episode. Uh, but my first question to you is off the baseball field. What is a guilty pleasure of Zach Bryant? Oh, man. So I like to think I eat very healthy. <laughs> but I always, always finish my day with dessert, man. Every day. So I was going to, if I lied and said anything else, some of my teammates that listen to this would call me out on it. But, you know, the, the ones that know me know I love dessert and I love crumble cookies. So guilty oh, pleasure, good pick. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure, 100%. So my next question here 
is uh, I saw your photo from 2022. I think it was when at down in the complex, the, when the Red Sox do their team photos or the, the solo photos, I saw you had quite a bit of lettuce going on. I think that was early 2022. You don't right now. Um, will you be bringing back the lettuce once you're cleared to pitch? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was something I, I wanted to do. Like my entire life, I, I would try growing my hair out and then I would get sick of it and I would cut it. And then I would try growing it out again and I'd get sick of it and cut it. Finally, I was like, you know, I'm committing to it. I'm going to get through that like crappy phase where it like really doesn't look good. And just ride it out and see where we get. I did it, still didn't love it. So I'm, I'm I think that's it. this is where I'm at from here on out. Beginning of this year, like if you see my headshot from um, last spring training, I had a little bit of a mullet going on. There was a little bit longer back there. And I, I didn't mind that, but I, I think this, I think this is my best look. Okay. I was going to say 2022, a lot of lettuce. 2023, like you said, you had a little, you had a little st- something going on back there, but all right. Just curious about that. My next question. <laughs> oh, what, what was that? So the flow is not coming back. Right. Fair. <laughs> um, I talked to you about this off air, but I have to ask it now again, obviously uh, you were on the Tyler O'Neill um, lifting schedule going on. And, you know, we, we had a little, little setback due to, due to some surgery going on, but um, you're obviously going to, going to get back fully cleared this year. Mm-hmm. Um, will you be bringing back the Zach Bryant fitness page on Instagram? Uh, I don't think, I don't know how much I'll ever post on that again. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I doubt it, but truthfully, man, I tried the whole, like being on top of social media and posting a lot thing. I I tried it with that page. It's just, I, I guess I'm not into it enough to, to keep it going. I don't know. Uh, So I tried, I tried, uh, getting some like remote coaching thing going on with some you know people back home for people that are just trying to lose weight or even like younger athletes um so if that gets rolling i might use it as a kind of a platform to show off like the people that i've helped and like their transformations um but as far as like what i would used to post on there i don't know if i'll ever do that again okay um my next question i just thought of it on the fly because of you told me who you're who your roommate is in Taylor Broadway. Uh, when we had him on the show, he said his guilty pleasure was video games and that he would be filling up some time, you know, that he's got on his hands this next year with some video games and possibly uh, streaming that on like a Twitch or whatever. Is this news to you? No, he's, he, he plays Fortnite all the time. Okay. <laughs> Who's the next um, one? I can hear him. I can hear him. <laughs> Are you not a video game guy at all? Okay, so I a little bit. I dabble. If I get bored enough, I'll turn it on. Um, but I'm definitely not a play for hours kind of guy. Like if I play Fortnite, I'll get very into the one game I play. So when, to where when I die, I'm just I'm annoyed and I stop. I have to take a break. So then I'll stop for like 20, 30 minutes, and then I'll be like, all right, let's play again. It's, it's okay. the, same, the same way I am with golf, where it's like I go out. I'm like, I'm excited to go. I suck. I hate golf. I'm borderline about to sell my clubs. But then the next day I want to play again. You know? Yeah. Just, Freaking I'll, always sucks you back in, man. <laughs> always. Video games. Okay. 
Um, I got second to last question here. Um, I don't know if you are, are you a country music guy at all? As of recently. And so why is your favorite artist Zach Bryan? Where did I say that? No, it was a dad joke because you guys almost have the same name. But um, <laughs> my question, <laughs> I feel like I'm old now, man. I'm on the right side of 30, so I promise. But legitimately who, thought I might have said that somewhere because no, he, I, he was my favorite artist. <laughs> what are you bring? Is he? He was. He was. I, I think okay. Tyler took the number one spot for me. I think uh, I think I may have put that to our buddy Chris. I said, "Oh, I got I got Zach Bryant coming on." He's like, "He I I don't know if it was a joke or not, but he did ask me. He's like the music, the country artist. He's like, seriously? He's like, dude, it's got a T on the end. It's not like Zach Bryant doesn't have a T on the end, but um, I don't know. I had to say it. I, it was a dad joke. That's on me and up, but um, that is that is. I'm kind surprised of- you've never asked me if my favorite movie is Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> fair that's fair it's probably <laughs> at some point um all right my last one off here is the most important i'm coming off of a great episode where our guest gave the correct answer so i have some faith in you <laughs> you are a florida man um all right you're hungry you want some lunch let's say this is um you're in a i know you're a healthy guy and you're in you're into your physique but let's say this is a, a cheat meal right so it's lunchtime. you want fast food for the cheat meal and it's it's got to be fried chicken has to be so it's either got to be strips or a, a chicken sandwich has to have a drive-through every single option in america is available to drive to canada too screw it sure <laughs> so where are you going uh for fried chicken, raising canes, hundred percent. Okay, good pick. Is there is there another place that's similar to raising canes that you like? For chicken? Yeah. I mean Chick Fil A for sure. Is there, is there another place that's similar <laughs> that you like? For chicken? <laughs> uh, Zaxby's. All right, there we go. All right, we got it. Third try. Um, all right. You do realize though that Zach's Zaxby's sauce is like up here. Cane sauce is good, but it's like a little down here. I think you got that in the wrong order. Cane's is up there for sure. I, I got Zaxby's down there. I, I like the Chick-fil-A sauce the most. I've got my refrigerator has not just the regular Chick-fil-A sauce. We've got the Polynesian sauce too. We're we're all over that stuff now that it's in stores. It's great. I'm a big fan of the Chick-fil-A barbecue sauce. They got some very I haven't had that one yet. They got some very underrated barbecue sauce. It's good stuff. Well, I know what I'm checking out next time I go to one of several uh Chick-fil-A's in my neighborhood. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, no, I, mean, I got canes over Zaxby's. Okay, fair. I will. I will. I am going to defend the wall a little bit here for uh, on you guys. I don't know if I can go to a Chick Fil A, to a Canes, to a Zaxby's, uh, a PDQ, like any of these places. You ever had PDQ, by the way, in Fort Myers? Yeah, yeah, we have one down here. John Schreiber has at, put it on a pedestal, and I have to get it when I go there next month. So, uh, but how? It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll probably eat Chick Fil A before I eat that for sure. 
Chick-fil-A oh. is amazing. But it, it's so good. I'm not going to say it's not good. Zach Kelly also hyped it up quite a bit, so it's it's on my list. But yeah, you have to give it another chance. I don't know how you guys can go to a Chick Fil A and get their barbecue sauce and not the actual sauce that is named after the restaurant. That is wild to me. I I don't know. I think it's like because growing, we had a, so we had a Chick Fil A right next to my house growing up, and I just always got the Chick Fil A sauce for for as long as I can remember. I always got the barbecue sauce. Okay. So, you know, it's just like Chick-fil-A is not the same without unless I have it with the barbecue sauce. I don't know. I don't know. That's my right. go-to. Fair enough. I mean, um, I have asked everybody that's come on the show this question. Um, I am up to four that have said Zaxby's now that Brian Abraham has said Zaxby's. So I was hyped about that one. Um, so the batting <laughs> average is low. But what was that? It's improved. I, I couldn't hear. I couldn't hear Zach. That was that was Abe's first answer for fried chicken. He said Zaxby's. I think it will. Ed, be the judge on that. He, I think he said he just wanted to answer it out of the box, but he that's what he gave. Yeah, no, that was absolutely uh, his answer. Yeah. So um, once I once I get down to the complex, it's Alex Benellis, Blaze Jordan, and Brian Abraham um, over at Zaxby's. I'll gladly join them, but. Um, Zach, you gave us like 50 minutes of your time, man. We, uh, we appreciate you coming on and, uh, we might be seeing you around next month at some point, but, um, yeah, honestly looking forward to you, uh, getting back on the field and everything, but thank you uh, for joining us. Of course, man. Thank you for having me.